0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu You are listening to the Qalam podcast Hurdle series, a study of Imam Ghazali's Minhajul Abideen by Sheikh Mikhail Ahmed Smith. Jazak khair for your continued support and we pray that this is beneficial. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. All right, we're good. Bismillah walhamdulillah, salatu wassalam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Allahumma inna hubbak We've reached the uh, seventh, and I, and I believe it's his last uh, hurdle that we have to cross if we're trying to get, um, stay on this path of ibadah. Um, and what this means is that Imam Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala has given us this path, how we can live a life of a believer and keep living our lives in the service of God, constantly worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said the first thing that we need is knowledge, then we need to do Toba. then we need to stop caring about the world and people, and uh, we need to understand the self. We need to stop worrying about money, we need to start worrying about the dangers. And then he said we need to be motivated. Now this is where it gets really interesting. Imam Ghazali ta'ala, last week, and we, for like three weeks we talked about two qualities. We talked about the qualities of khawf, or fear, and hope. And Imam Ghazali said that you have to have both of these because these are the things that are gonna motivate you to ibadah motivate you to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your hope in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept from you and your hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will will help you reach your destination but also your fear that i don't want to miss out i don't want to miss out on those high ranks and those high levels that the righteous people are gaining i don't want to stay i don't want to lag behind i don't want to lag behind i want to be in the front and so he said you have to work on your hopes and your fears because that's what's going to motivate you. Now Imam Ghazali shifts gears because we're already motivated. He's already taught us. He's like, you're already doing what you need to do or refraining for what you need to refrain from. But here's the deal. Islam is not superficial. Islam is not just about your external actions being legit or being correct because there's something deeper inside that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala truly looks at. And today that's what we're going to start talking about. So Imam Ghazali, ta'ala, he says that the next thing that we want to talk about are called qawadih, or the things that spoil or mess up your ibadah, the things that mess up the worship that you do. And so I'm going to make this really practical for us. Imam Ghazali is saying, let's take salah for example, salah fajr with jama' or whatever, to hajj, it could be whatever it is. He said that the first thing you needed to do is have fear. What? Am I worried about missing if I'm not getting up? And then what am I hoping to gain that will motivate me to get up and actually go after that objective? But here's the deal. You got up. You woke up at, you know, 6 o'clock, 6.15. You made that code wudu. Right? You made that journey to the masjid. You did whatever you had to do. And now you're standing there. You're in the prayer. Imam Ghazali is saying that there are certain things that you made it to the objective, but if you don't truly understand yourself, then even at this point, shaitan and your lower self can destroy this action. And so, what he wants to talk about now, he says, Thumma aleka ya akhi, ya ukhti. He says, The next thing you have to do, oh brother or sister, may Allah help you, may Allah keep you strong. Ameen. He says, After this road has become clear to you, you woke up. Out of the sleep of jahiliyah of ignorance, you're awake. And you're traveling on this road, right? saika. He's like, you're going forward in this, in this effort. But now what you have to do, you have to protect your actions from being corrupted, from anything that will corrupt or mess up your action. And the only way you'll be able to do that, he's going to give us two things. He says, number one, you have to develop something called ikhlas. Number one, I'm going to talk about this in detail. You have to develop something called ikhlas. Ikhlas simply means sincerity of action. The purity of the action. How purely motivated this action is? Motivated by the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How much this action is motivated by the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second thing you're going to have to do is constantly remember Allah's blessing upon you. Because guess what? You're standing there in the saf. You're standing there in the row, you're praying, you got up for Tahajjit too, you may be fasting, and all of a sudden, Shaytan, your nafs goes, We're something, yo. I'm on top of my game now. I'm good. Watch out, you know, Abu Bakr, radiAllah, and Safar <laughs> You start to think something like, I'm coming up. Watch out, Ghazali, I'm coming. <laughs> La. So the next thing that happens is a type of conceit or vanity. Now, we're not gonna, we're gonna talk about that next week but this week the first thing that happens is actually something that's very dangerous and i'm going to preface this i'm going to preface this with a hadith that the imam he, he mentions the hadith is a heavy one the hadith is narrated by imam tirmidhi and the hadith is narrated by abu Hurairah, radiyallahu he says and i'm going to read the whole hadith it's a heavy one he says, "Qala hadathni Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he told me one day, day, 'Anallah ta'ala ida kana yom al Qiyamah, when the day of judgment is is established. Yanzilu ilayl al-ibad liyakudi abainum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring all of the servants forward. Wa kullu ummatin jathia and every single person is there bowing and kneeling before God, waiting for judgment." All of humanity is there. The Prophet ﷺ, he says, The hadith says that the very first person that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call forward is going to be a person that memorized the book of Allah, a scholar of the religion, a person who is educating people about the religion. What I told you before is the external doesn't matter. See, remember, we needed that fear and that hope to get us up to do it. We needed that to be motivated to the action. But guess what? This journey towards Allah doesn't stop once you get there. There's an inner perfection that we're struggling and striving to achieve. So the very first person called is a person. The the, the hadith says, Quran. I mean, this person was in all of the halakāt, memorized the Qur'an, maybe got a few qiraāt, Knows the tafsir. I mean, this person is on another level of knowledge. The next person, and the next person was a person who spent their life fighting, defending Muslims, literally fighting, to the point where they died in the path of Allah. They're a shaheed, a martyr. What greater bounty than to sacrifice everything for the sake of defending the believers? And then the third person wa rajulun kathirul mal a person who he wasn't a scholar of the deen she wasn't a mujahid fi sabilillah but this person gathered wealth and seemingly they spent it in the right causes they didn't spend it the wrong way they spent it the right way seemingly before i go forward i just want to explain something at a time right now, we live at a time when so many of our actions, so many of the things we do every day, from the smallest thing to the biggest things are predicated on what people think about us. And Islam comes to liberate you from people. Liberate you from people, from the service of people to the service of God only. This is the most, re- re- this is the most freeing thing. One of the Sahaba, he was brought before Rustum, who was a Persian leader. And he said, like, explain this religion to me. What is this religion? He was like, a prophet was sent to us to take us out of the servitude of people to put us to the servitude of God only. So the, the point of our deen is not just to stand up and pray, but that your heart only be connected to Allah. As one of the scholars, he says, Ma أَحْبَبْتَ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا كُنْتَ لَهُ عبدا. You don't love anything except that you become a slave to that thing. But Allah doesn't love for you to be for anything than Himself. He only wants you for Him. So here, the hadith continues. Three people, or we could say three types of people. They're the first ones called forward. And all of us are looking at them. This is a, a person of the book of Allah, a person who was brave and fought in the path of Allah. You know what this also reminds me? You better know yourself because, Shaitan, subhanAllah, there are. Everyone has a door for Jannah that we're all struggling to get to. Some of us love knowledge. Some of us love serving people. Some of us love taking care of people. Some of us love making money and then endowments on things. All of us have a different door to Jannah. But guess what? Shaytan knows your door. He's going to try to meet you there. Everyone's door is different. you like, you did memorize Quran. you like, ah, you know, whatever. Right? jama' not you. Wherever your door to Jannah, you better be careful because what we're studying right now pertains to your worship. So what does the hadith say? Allah Ta'ala. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will say to this scholar, this person who learned the deen, learned the Quran, Alam u'allimka? Did I not teach you what was revealed on the prophets? Fayakood, the person is standing before Allah, standing before everyone, will say, Bala ya Rabbi, yes, yes, ya Allah. Allah will ask the person, "What did you do with what you knew? What did you do with the knowledge that you have?" The person will say, "Kuntu akumu I stood with the Quran at night time. I I read during the day. Allah subhanahu wa taala will say, "Kadabta." You're lying. I told you. Allah is not looking at the external form. And I, and I and I know we're struggling. A lot of us are like bro, I'm struggling just to get to Fudger. I'm struggling just to get up for Fudger. I understand. But could you imagine a person that has been getting up for the last 30 years, but they were doing it for the wrong intention? So right now is the time for you to set your intention straight. And I'm gonna tell you something. When you're starting your journey, it's the best time. It's the best time to set your intention straight. Because all you care about is the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the only motivation in the beginning. It's only after you start that shaitan starts to be like, oh, you're up at 6 30 anyway, you might as well hit the gym. Ain't a lot of people there. So now that when that alarm goes off, you don't only hear Hayya ala salah, you hear something else as well. You hear another motivating. And that is the that is the that is the wa ma umiru illa din. The whole intention of everything we're doing is not that we just do it, but that when we do it, it's purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he calls the Qadi forward. And he says, What did you do with this Quran that you had? And uh, he says, I stood all night, I prayed, I stood all day, and I prayed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kathabta. Kathabta. You're lying. But he did though, yo. He did actually stand in the day, he did actually stand at night. الملائكة, the angels will then say, الله, Allah will then say, You wanted people to call you, Shaykh, scholar, Qadi, and then Allah will say, قيلة, Meaning you got what you wanted. So why do you want reward here? The next person is brought, and a similar situation plays out. It's the person who had a lot of wealth. And they gathered the wealth and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala will remind this person of his blessings, did I not give you wealth, did I not give you this, did I not give you all of this? So that you didn't even have to ask anyone, and the person will say, Bala, yeah, yeah, Allah, you gave me that, yes, you gave me that, ya Rabbi. Allah will say, what did you do with what I gave you? He will say, oh, I, I, I joined my family together, built generational wealth, I, I gave charity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say kadhabta you're lying. Remember, he did actually do it. But that's the deal. When we, when, we, when we truly start to be on this path of worship, it's not about the external, it's about the internal. It's about the internal. Where's the heart at? Is the heart truly standing before Allah? Or is it just the body standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? "Kadabta, you're lying. The angels will then say kadhabta you're lying. Bel and you call fulan Jawad, no, no, no. You did it so that aratta, And Subhanallah, at the beginning of a new year is a perfect time for us to be asking, "Ma What is it that, that you want? What are you truly seeking? Because that is what the what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is calling out. Bal aratta, what you truly wanted was to be called generous. Imam Ghazali breaks it down like this. There's different levels to this. Purity of intentions and and sincerity. There's different levels of this. Let let me finish the hadith. The Prophet says, Then a person who fought in the path of God. I mean, there's no higher sacrifice than to be die as a martyr. To die as a martyr, to die as a shaheed. So this person is brought forward, and everyone in that moment, just imagine, everyone is looking up to this person like. I wish I was this person. And that's why we always say, stop judging people by the external. Stop judging people by the external. You can't tell. Allah says about the day of judgment, the day secrets come out. The day secrets come out. And, and the truest secret is Mafi sudur. What was in the chest? What was in the heart? What was the motivation? And, and so, so subhanAllah, the, the person who passed away as died, martyred, as a shaheed is brought forward. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, fi ma Qutilta, Why were you killed? The person will say, "Ay, Rabbi, everyone's looking with honor like, ah, let's look at the grace he's going to be bestowed. bil jihad. You told us to fight and to protect and, and that's how I died. Y'all know what will be said. Allah will say, "Kadabta." you're lying. Yeah, your external was there, but your heart wasn't there. And because your heart wasn't there, that action wasn't legit. What are we doing what we're doing for? I know we want to be on this path, and that's why we're all here right now, because we want to learn how to stay on this path. But, but, but just as important as being on the path is having the right intention for being on the path. What taqulul, the malaika will say, you're lying, you're lying. Rather, you fought so that people could say you were brave. You fought because you wanted to hear people praise you. Here's the deal, y'all. The core of this sickness called riyah comes from two things, which is love of praise and hatred of blame. Imam Ghazali says there's two things that motivate hubbul riyah or riyah, this, this wanting to show all your, uh, your actions to people. It's because deep down, deep down inside, you desire for people to say to you, wow, that was amazing. And deep down inside, you truly hurt, it hurts so bad when someone finds fault in the things that you have done. But there's a problem here, guys. Being, doing what Allah wants from you necessitates that sometimes you have to go against what people want. I ask you a question. I'm going to start with a question. Could the Prophet have done his job, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Without a disconcern for what people thought about him? Could the Prophet ﷺ have done his job, give this message, walk through the streets telling people, say la ilaha illallah, tuflih, say la ilaha illallah, you'll be successful, unless he had to block out? And what's amazing is if you study him in the beginning moment, the Prophet ﷺ, he had this deep concern for what people thought about him. The moment the angel comes to him, the first thing he does, his wife Khadijah takes him to Waraqah bin Nawfal. They go to Waraqah bin Nawfal. Waraqah bin Nawfal is, is a man that's learned from the previous scriptures. He listens to the Prophet wasallam describe everything he's been through. And when he describes, he says, man, I wish I was young. I wish I was young, man, so I could be there when they kick you out of the city. The Prophet وسلم, he sat up and he said, Awa Because he said, They're going to kick me out. Meaning, the reason he's focusing on me is because he's the beloved of Mecca. He's Amin a He's the one everyone trusts. He's the one everyone knows is trustworthy and truthful. So 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 he is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is preparing him for having to go against what people think. And and, and so this this idea, SubhanAllah, this this concept is powerful. This concept is powerful in our deen. The the concept is that you always analyze why you're doing what you're doing and you make sure that the only motivation or you strive so that the only motivation behind the action is for the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. The hadith continues. This man who died in the path of God, he's a martyr, he's a shaheed. Why did you fight? Why did you die? What is your life all about? I did it because of this. The angels will say, you're lying. Allah will say, God will say, you're lying. Because now it's not the external, but the internal. It will say, Bal an yuqal fulan jari', and you wanted to do it so that people said you were, you were brave. Wa qad it was said already. SubhanAllah, that phrase, it was said already. is like, what are you expecting now? It's the day of judgment where we all expect reward for the good that we did. But if your reward was connected to the dunya, then you already got paid for the action that you did. How, do you, how dare you expect anything from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You got, for, you got from, what, from the action what you wanted from it. The Prophet wasallam, he then hit the knee of Abu Hurairah and he said ya abu huraira ulai ka thalatha awwalu bihim nar the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said oh abu huraira these are the first two people upon whom the fire of jahannam will be uh, will be kindled upon will be kindled so imam Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala, ta'ala what he's telling us he's telling us that i want you now to focus on now that you're motivated, you're doing the action, you're giving your charity, you're doing whatever you're doing to gain your jannah, at this point, shaitan is going to come. And what shaitan is going to do is not stop you from the action. That's not what shaitan does. Shaitan is going to do what? He's going to mention something else that the action also brings you that's related to the dunya. I'm going to say that again. He's going to mention something else that this action will bring you that's related to the dunya. And the reason is this is beautiful, you gotta th- think deeply. The Islamic psychology here is so profound. Most of the ibadah, the worship that we do is kinda heavy on the nafs. It's hard to do, waking up for tahajjud, waking up for fajr. These are things that are hard to do. So the way shaytan and the nafs works together is now shaytan makes it a little easier for the nafs by mentioning something good that it gets out of it. So now, and so subhanAllah, Imam Ghazali actually breaks down the levels of riya. I don't want us to think that this is a, uh, what's it called? Like, um, it's not an all or nothing thing. Riya or sincerity in your action is not an all or nothing thing. There's levels, there's gradation to this. So Imam Ghazali has broken it down this way. He's given five levels to this. Five levels of riya, five levels of showing off in your action. He says, level number one. أَن يَكُونَ مُرَادُهُ لا يَكُونَ مُرَادُهُ ibada أَصْلًا He says that there, you have no intention whatsoever for reward from God. You have no intention whatsoever. The only reason you're standing there is because of some other reason. He says this is pure. This is the worst level of riya. This is pure hypocrisy. Pure hypocrisy. Then he went down to another level. He said, the next level is that you have this like weak intention for reward from God. But with that, you're also like showing off the action. And he says, in such a way that if you were by yourself, you wouldn't do the action. If you were by yourself, if nobody was around, you're going to pray those sunnas. SubhanAllah. Imam Ghazali is profound because he says, the way you can actually test whether or not What's the motivator is, he says, start taking things out of the equation. How do I know? Because the question is like, I'm here, I'm doing it, but I don't really know what's my motivation. So now start to take things out of the equation. Okay, if this thing wasn't there, would you still do it? If this thing wasn't there, would you still do it? So he says the second level, which is pretty bad, is that, subhanAllah, may Allah protect us. May Allah protect us. And and I want to say something else here. I called my sheikh earlier today. And I called my sheikh. I knew what he was going to say, but you got to check in sometimes. You know what I mean? So I was like, sheikh, sometimes, you know, you have these groups of support networks. You know, spiritual support networks that you use to keep you on track. We use it for working out. We use it for investments. We use it spiritually, too. Just people to hold you accountable. And I was like, is that Ria? He goes, it ain't a class. <laughs> but, but it's a crutch to help you get you where you need to be. See, the idea, you shouldn't need a fudger support group when you like, you know, older, spiritually older. <laughs> There's a point where you should get to the point where you're strong enough that I don't need. The Amu in the front Suf every day, you know that Amu we see every day, front Suf? He ain't got no support group. <laughs> he got hope in Akhirah. He got hope in Jannah. And that's the key. That's the key here. The key here is that when your focus on Akhirah becomes strong, it clouds out, it takes out the noise of other people. See, Riyah is crazy. Riyah, I read a quote today about Riyah. SubhanAllah. Riyah is such that Riyah is such that even if there's no one around watching you, you can still be showing off. And the reason is, Riyah doesn't have to do with people watching you. Riyah has to do with your eyes always worrying about other people, whether they're around or not. Again, we think Riyah is about other people. La, Riyah is about you. Riyah is about 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 you making the sight of God more important than anyone else's sight. Let me say that again. I'm trying to lift us up spiritually. And the way you get lifted up spiritually is you're able to do righteousness despite the environment. Brothers and sisters, there are times we're in an environment where righteousness is rewarded. It's easy to do righteousness. And there's times we're in an environment where righteousness is not rewarded. At that time, the only way you're going to persevere the only way you're going to get through is when the gaze of God is stronger than the gaze of people. And that's Ibn Atal that you, Not my words. This is Ibn Atal Allah. He says what? that SubhanAllah. I'm going to remember the phrase he said. He said, give me a second here. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. He said that if you if the gaze of people upon you stops your action, if the gaze of people upon you impacts your action and the gaze of people, a gaze of Allah does not stop your action or motivate your action, then know that the biggest calamity is not the sin you get, you did, but your low esteem for God. Like the bigger calamity is not that you did the sin. The biggest calamity it's just you've disconnected your connection with God. So, so the, reason, the reason I think this is important is, is for that reason. I want us to understand that in order for us to... Per- and that's why I brought up the Prophet I said, could he have done what he needed to do if he did not stop caring about what people say and think? And I know us today. We live in the social media age. So much of what we do is all about likes. So much of what we do is all about social acceptance. And that's okay in a way, but as spiritual Muslims who are trying to elevate ourselves, we have to get to a point where the gaze of people means nothing to me. The gaze of people means nothing to me. One of the statements that I thought was was so powerful is when your gaze is, is only on Allah, everything else, you know, like subhanAllah, when the camera focuses on one point, everything else gets blurry. When you focus on one thing, everything else gets blurry. But the moment you start focusing on the other stuff, you lose focus, as we say. You lose focus. Why is that important? Listen to this statement. The same way Allah doesn't love an action that has partners. By the way, this concept of riya, the Prophet called it Shirkul al-asghar. Let me break that down. The, one day the Prophet he got on the member. He got on the member, the member, like, you know, where you give Juma, And he gave this khutbah where he said, Ya ayyuha nas, O people, ittaqi, be fearful of ashirk al asghar, the lesser form of idolatry. The lesser form of idolatry. Now, me and you, like, we're thinking, like, I don't worship idols. Yeah, but when you put so much love and care, and what people think about you, you may not have one idol, but maybe you have one million idols. Because you want to do everything that pleases them. So he says, so the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, be careful of this shirkul asghar. Be careful of this lower form of shirk. The Sahaba, and then the Prophet Sallallahu he said, huwa akhfa min namal. The Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, it's, it's quieter than the footsteps of an ant. The Sahaba, they said, the Sahaba were practical people. You know, they didn't just sit there and take the esoterics, right? One of the Sahaba was like, Ya Rasulullah, how am I supposed to be like, careful of that? He said, how could I be careful of something that's that silent? And the Prophet wa sallam, he taught us a dua. He taught us a dua. He said, read this dua. Allahumma <laughs> inni a'udhu bika an ushrika bika shay'an a'lamuhu. Oh Allah. I seek refuge from you that I ever associate any partners with you. And now we're talking about, you know, when we say la ilaha illallah, there's a low level when you just became Muslim, it's like there's no gods but Allah. But that's not all it means. There's nobody that I do anything for except Allah. Every action I do is motivated by my love of Allah. My children, I'm wrestling with Qasim. Why? Because of my love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Subhanallah, the Prophet him, he said that you read this du'a: "Allahumma inni a'udhu bika, an bika and ushlika oh bika she and O Allah, I seek refuge that I ever associate partners with You, a'lamuhu that I know of, wa'udhu bika, a'lamu. a'lamu. And I seek refuge and I ask forgiveness for what I do that I don't know of. So he called this the lesser form of shirk. And, 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 and so I was saying this statement, where it says that the same way that Allah doesn't love an action that, is, that has partners to it, he wants it pure. Pure, everybody wants something pure from their beloved, right? Nah, like pure, pure. Remember I told y'all one day, is my wife here? <laughs> one day, like I got the flowers, right? Brought the flowers home. She was all happy. There was a sticker, clearance. Now I'm like, but I still got you the flowers. She like, but it ain't as pure though. There was an alternative motive. There was was something else that pushed you in that moment. In that moment, you was walking past the flowers. And as you walked past the flowers for a quick moment, you were like, double take. You did the math real quick and you said, I win wifey, save dollars. Got it. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, without any, without any, with any mubaliga, exaggeration, I kid you not, that's what we're doing with our ibadah. You brought that beautiful fajr to Allah. You brought that beautiful tahajit to Allah. You brought that beautiful whatever you did. But then you added a little clearance. Tick, sticker on it. That one dude who you knew in the masjid that was going to be like, oh, you're here. That one, that one person who you knew were going to make you feel a little easier to get out of the bed at that, at that moment. That's what we're talking about right now. And I love it because we have to move beyond the superficial level. It's not just about doing the ibadah. It's about the heart being purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's where we're at right now. And that's how I said. Every one of us we don't want an action that has any other motive, motivation behind it except pure love. You know, I, on a tangent, I think some of us struggle when somebody tells us I, they love us and then they say, I love you for the sake of Allah. Like if somebody was like, I love you, you'd be like, oh. But if they're like, I love you for the sake of Allah, you're like, <laughs> something sus there. It's not as pure. la La, what this person means is like, my love for you has nothing to do with anything else than our, our relationship is based on our relationship with God. That's it. The moment you dip from God or I dip from God, that is broken. That's what's joining us. That's what's connecting us. And guess what? One of the seven people under the shade of Allah's throne on the day when the sun is brought close, one of the seven people are two people who loved each other only for the sake of Allah. No other reason whatsoever. In another hadith, the Prophet said there was a man going to another town. There was a person going to another town to visit a friend that they loved for the sake of Allah. This is a hadith in Sahih Muslim. He was on his way, and Allah sent an angel on the way, stopped him. Where are you going, sir? Oh, I'm going to a friend I, I, I know. Why are you going? Do you owe him some money? Do you owe him a favor? Does he, owe you a, 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 does he owe you? He goes, lah. I just love him for the sake of Allah. He said, stop here. I want you to know I'm an angel sent from God. He loves you the way you love that person, I said. But he said, I love him for the sake of Allah. That's it. That's it. It's not contingent on your beauty. It's not contingent on your wealth. It's not contingent on the job you have right now that's bringing in six figures. The moment you lose that job, all of a sudden, somebody's filing for a divorce. What I'm trying to say is we want all of our, and the reason I'm bringing up marriage, the reason I'm bringing up marriage is because for us by now, we should understand that Ibadah doesn't just mean prayer. The way I hold my wife is Ibadah. The way I massage my mother's feet is Ibadah. That's all worship. That's what the believer's life is about. But who cares if you do it and your intention is inheritance money or something low? I don't know. Who cares if you're doing it and your intention isn't right? The same way she didn't want those flowers on clearance, Allah doesn't want our ibadah if it isn't pure. And it takes work. Imam Ghazali says, if you get one moment of ikhlas in your entire life, you get jannah. Pure. No reason except Allah. You remember the person who saw something in the road? They were walking down the street, and they saw a, a branch in the middle of the road, and they moved it. I mean, we're all sitting here like, bro, I'm good. I'm getting jannah quick. <laughs> I read Quran, took care of the moms, get my family. Did you have ikhlas? Did you have sincerity? Was it pure? Or was there other things mixed in with that? Are you able to bring that one action? And I want all of us right now. This is something for us to do right now. Don't do this with me. I want right now for 20 seconds. I want you to sit down and think. If you had to present one action to Allah that has pure sincerity, I want you right now to think, do you have that one action? If you can't find it, and you even question for a moment, start now. Maybe it's a SubhanAllah under the breath no one sees in the room but you, SubhanAllah, yeah. Something. That's why the Sahaba loved hidden actions. Because the nafs is so tricky that the only way we can save ourselves is keep it hidden. It's not about how much we do. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said in a beautiful narration, that there will come a time when people in my ummah will spend mountains of gold in charity. Y'all listening? Mountains of gold in charity. But it won't be equal to a handful of wheat that one of my companions gave in the path of God. A handful of wheat? Why? Sincerity. It was pure. I could have brought wifey the simplest thing back. If it was pure, her heart would have melted. But that clearance, (laughs) it could have been a car. It could have been anything. It was on sale. Nah, bro. I'm good. Take it back. Still smells as good. It doesn't hit my heart the same way. That's what our Ibadah is about. Ibn Atah, he says your focus must be one. Your focus must be one. You can't have anything else motivating you. But there's gradation here. We're not, you're not going to get it overnight. You're not going to get it overnight. But I tell you this. Whoever's beginning has ikhlas, inshallah, your end will have ikhlas. You know that first thing when you start deening? Deenin. that's the word? The first, when you start deaning and everyone's against you, and it all, it's, there's no other reason for you to be in your room praying salat when the rest of the family is like, oh, what are you doing? Those beginning days are the most blessed days. I share something with y'all, but I mean, I converted, right? And uh, this is back in years, man, alhamdulillah. And uh, I got into this Quran school, like literally, three, four months after I converted, maybe five. For those who convert, you, you understand what that means. It's like, it's a dream, right, Isa, you know what I mean? Uh, so I'm in this school, and I'm studying. I'm reading Quran. And I don't know if y'all seen like Quran classes before. It was like, go to Valley Ranch, bunch of little kids sitting down, right? Me, 20 years old, sitting there like, <laughs> little seven-year-olds next to me, looking at me correcting me, all that stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways, so I kid you not, and I only share this because I, I think it can motivate us. I kid you not, I remember I, I used to count the, num- the letters on the page. Y'all know why, right? The hadith says for every letter you get 10 good deeds. So I would sit there and just count, one, two, three, four, doing the math. Dang, I made mad dough today. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, let me read a little more. And then I started memorizing. I was like, all right. Then I memorized like five juz. I'm like, I could become a hafiz. Shaitan's like, keep going. The days of counting letters slowly went away. Inshallah, we always get back to that. But I want us to realize that Your truest, cleanest, purest moment is those beginning days when nothing motivated you but Allah. As you start doing more and your click grows of Muslim peeps and stuff, now you start getting street cred for doing good stuff. Then it gets harder. Then it gets harder. Then you got to really dig deep and make sure you're doing it for the right reason. And so the secret to this, as I said, the first level is that you don't even, there's no intention for ibadah. The second level is that you have a very weak intention for reward and a, and a, and a stronger, the stronger motivation is people watching you and such, such is the state that if they weren't there, you wouldn't do it. Imam Ghazali, he says the next level, listen to this, the next level is that your desire for reward and your motivation from people seeing you are equal such that if either one was gone, the action wouldn't occur. It's both of them present that makes you do the action. This is not a good state either. Imam Ghazali says it's not a good state. The lowest state, he says, or the fourth state is that um, the knowledge of people knowing just makes it easier for you. So he said like, he gave an example. He said, the example is somebody who always prays Salatul Fajr in Jamaat Always. You never miss a day. You're always at the masjid for Fajr. Then one day, you have a friend that visits you and spends the night. On that night, when you wake up for Fajr, it's a little easier to get up. You ain't even get it. You ain't even peep it. You ain't, that's why the prophet said it's, it's sneakier than an ant's walk. It was just a little easier to get out of the bed. Because Uncle Khalid was here. And because Uncle Khalid going to be going with me to the masjid, it's a little easier to get up. That's why the scholars, they say the thing we worked on the most is ikhlas, just pure. I only want it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says the fifth level. I'm going to take you all the way there. Imam Ghazali says the fifth level is that the people knowing doesn't motivate you at all. You'll pray your sunnas, you'll fast, you'll do everything with nobody knowing. Nobody know. Listen, you ready though? But when they find out, it makes you happy. Now check this though, this gets deep because I know what you're thinking. The Sahaba asked the same question. Because hold on, before I solve it for you, let me leave you there for a moment. Why are you happy that people know you did Fajr? Why are you happy that people know? The one that you did it for knows. It's like like when people, I'm not judging nobody. I don't even follow y'all on social media. But (laughs) it's like when somebody posts something like a loving act to their spouse on social media. Why are you showing us? Why are you showing us what you're doing for wifey? That's for her. You feel me? Like the fact that why does your heart even care what people think about the action you did for the sake of Allah. That's where we begin at. But here's the deal. The Sahaba, they asked Rasulullah, they said, Ya Rasulullah, sometimes you hide the action. People find out. Then they praise you for it. The Prophet, wasalam, did he shun us? Did he say, oh, your fault, start over. He said, la, tilka bushra ajil. He goes, that's a glad tidings from Allah that came early. Because your intention from the beginning didn't care about people. It didn't care. I don't care about people. But they praised me. I still don't care. But it came. And so the Prophet Wasallam, he said, kal Bushra Ajil." That is a glad tiding that Allah sent early. Just to let you know, <laughs> keep it up, Khalid. You're doing great. Keep going. Keep going. So, so the idea is we want to get to the point where... People knowing, people not knowing. And by the way, this refers to refraining from sins as well. Sometimes it's easier to lower your gaze than other times. Do you have ikhlas in that action? Oh yeah, nah, ain't no um, mm, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Miles, I love you, bro. I love you. I love
0: you, bro. No, seriously, guys, sometimes the sins, the presence of people makes that sin easier to not do. And if you're using it as a crutch to get to a better place, so be it. But you got to understand, one day we want to take the training wheels off the bike. One day we just, we want no reason, nothing motivating me from lowering my gaze, nothing lowering me from doing, not backbiting, nothing motivating me from anything, that refraining, And the du'a that I make for myself and that we all should make is, oh, Allah, oh, Allah, make my hidden self better than my external self and make my external self righteous. Hold up. Make my inner self better than my external self. But that's not enough. What if my external self is horrible? and make my external self righteous. The next thing I want us to do is start building your account of secret good deeds. No one knows, not even your spouse, your sister, your mother, your brother, and hide them the way you hide your sins. Hide them the way you hide your sins. Don't want no one to know. Anger. I had, I know, I had shuyukh. They would get legit angry if any of their secrets got out. They weren't secrets like our secrets, they were secrets that they only wanted to be exposed on the day of judgment. That's where we want to be at, y'all. So, Imam Ghazali here, he says, I've motivated you with fear and hope, you're moving forward. But he says this love of fame, this love of name, this care of what people will say. Two things, I wanna break this down one more time. He says that the seeds, the seed for doing things for show is a love for recognition amongst people. And he says the solution is to realize that the people can't benefit you in any way. And I'ma share with you a hadith. There are certain hadith that should be read weekly, like literally weekly, like vitamins. There's a hadith, and we'll end with this, where the Prophet ﷺ, he said, There's, it's a long hadith, but the part that we need to focus on right now is we need to realize that people truly can't harm me or benefit me at all. And you need to know that inside your heart. No, with conviction. No one can harm me, no one can help me, except by the permission of Allah. When you realize that, like really, then now the motivation from people stops. What do I, what do I really care? Does it matter to me? So the hadith where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, الناس, if all of the people gathered together, بشيء, لَمْ If all the world gathered together, this is our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam speaking to us. And he's not speaking in hyperbole or exaggeration. Don't do that to his words. He's speaking literal. He says, if the entire world gathered together to benefit you, they could not benefit you except for what God has already written for you. The moment you, 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 you de-weaponize people, the moment you take away their, their power over you, you become strong. And then he continued, he said, and if the entire world gathered together to harm you in some way, some way, entire world, you in and everybody else, they won't harm us except with what God has already written for us. God is in control. Allah is in control. Our purpose here is to always keep our eyes focused on God. And the moment your focus goes other places, now things get confusing. But so long, and there's a hadith where the Prophet wasallam he said, there are one, there's one thing that will never misguide you and give you the wrong mashwara. Ikhlasul amalillillah. Make the action pure for Allah. Make the action pure for Allah and watch what happens. Now, some of us may struggle because I get it. I, 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 I want to only do the action for the sake of Allah, but I'm struggling. And um, the most I can say about that is it goes back to hub. It goes back to love. It goes back to love. We have to build our love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, realizing Allah's blessings are upon us right now. Look at your heart, look at yourself, and realize how much Allah loves you. There is no doubt about that. And the least thing we should try to do is reciprocate and build that love for him. When that love trumps everything else, I don't care what you think about me if my beloved loves me. That's it. That's it. And so may Allah give us that love of him. A love that, a love that takes away every other love or overpowers every other love. May Allah give us that love of him. May Allah allow us to not have one but many moments of ikhlas. May Allah allow us to work and develop those hidden actions that nobody knows about. Now I want to say one more thing before we stop. I said that like three times now. But it's important. We talk about don't do an action because it's riya. Don't do it to show off. But The scholars, they say, to stop an action for people is just as bad as to do an action for people. Shaitan comes and goes, look at you showing off at Fajr. Pray at home today. To stop for people is just as bad as to do for people. Whatever I do, whatever I don't do, I do it because I'm only focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The more we focus on akhirah, the more we focus on where we're going we'll stop thinking about the things over here. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us, inshallah. Uh, you know, we, we had a plan to, uh, there we go. Oh, nice, I thought it was a question. Um, inshallah, next week we're gonna have like a QR code for people to send a few questions in if they want. Mm-hmm. And our man Haytham, inshallah, is gonna be like looking through some of the questions, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, we tried to do it this week, we couldn't get it done, it's all good. Um, There's an announcement, so we're done, inshallah. May Allah accept from us all, inshallah. Um, As you know, Qalam is a a place of learning and education, alhamdulillah. Uh, We started uh, Qalam Academy, which is adult learning in the evening time. Um, The next semester has started, right? Registration is open right now. Go on, check it out. There is a table in the foyer as well, so you can get information on what's going on at Qalam Academy, inshallah ta'ala. So um, it's a new year. It's a a, a new uh, chance for us to spiritually grow, right? And so we all want to increase our knowledge of this deen. That's that's something. That's why we're all here right now. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us ikhlas. May Allah alleviate the suffering of our brothers and sisters in Philistine. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give them victory and strength. Ya arhamar rahimeen. Ya Allah, we ask you to accept their martyrs. Ya arhamar rahimeen. Ya Allah, we ask you to remove them from the oppression of the oppressors. Ya arhamar rahimeen. Ya Allah, we ask you to give us the strength to help them in whatever way you want from us to help from them. Ya arhamar rahimeen. Subhana rabbika, rabbil izzati amma.